welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Good morning. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and this is my beautiful co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. And she is back from Cancun today. Oh, lovely and glowing. Excited. Yeah, feels relaxed. Good. Um, so we are super excited to be here with you. We're live every Thursday in Braveheart Conversations, our group. So if you have not joined us there, please do. And today we're going to be talking about the power of choice in relationships. And what I have experienced very often is that we think that we forfeit our power of choice when we enter a relationship and that our authority is then um, given to this partnership where we have to check in and ask permission um, for any of our next decisions. And um, I want to call out the, the myth in that and also how that can be really unhealthy mm-hmm. and it can damage the relationship if we constantly feel that we have to check in and ask for permission. So um, a lot of the ways that I specifically hear women do this when they give up their personal authority is I hear them say things like, Um, well, I need to check in with my husband before I buy myself this thing. And, um, you know, a lot of different financial decisions, which the excuse generally is, uh, well, it's our money. And I have no issue with joint money. That's great. I have uh, a lot of experience with having joint money. And yes, of course, you ask permission for things that are joint. Um, However, I think that you don't lose your identity as a person, as a human, and you you get to have your own resources. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having your own resources, which can be a little bit of a um, taboo topic also um, in a partnership. There's other things like, well, I have to check in with my husband before I can wear that, or he won't allow me to wear that, or you know, lots of different just basic decisions that people feel that they need to check in and um, and they're, they are reverting to this almost childlike behavior where they need mm-hmm. to ask permission to do something. So Marie, what's your two cents on that? Just asking permission aspect. Have you seen a lot of that in um, either your personal life or just in coaching? <laughs> like, do you feel the pressure to ask permission or perceive that in others? Well, I have a lot of experience, personal experience where that was the case and having to um, break out of those paradigms. It, it's different b- making a, a partner decision versus a personal decision about what's going on. So, you know, you're very, very clear on that. Um, but it's, it's way different when I make a choice that is for me personally and not have to ask permission. And then yes, as well in, as in coaching too, is it makes the waters muddy and it, um, it takes away personal authority. And, and that's, you know, also what we were talking about, but that's my experience. I, I have given away my personal authority many, many times and it just leads you to a miserable place and, um, doesn't allow you to really 
get out of the partnership what what it is that you were seeking in the beginning but it also doesn't allow me to be free to be the me and expansiveness of me as I could be mm-hmm. with with having that personal authority are there any specific ways you feel like you have like forfeited your personal authority different decisions where you've asked permission oh just one or two times <laughs> just one or two times um Yes. Um, boy. I totally just put you on the spot. I know. <laughs> can I, I have a million ex- examples, but can I think of one right now? There have been quite a few, like making big financial decisions, choosing. Um, I have been in that situation. Well, my husband won't let me wear that, won't let me take this class, do this thing. Um, of course, that is not Joe because we, we, both, we both have mutual support. And he's like, you can do what you want. Just sometimes I consult him only because he knows me and and because I can have a chance to talk, which is way different than making the choice for me. And I have had that. And that's very disconcerting when someone says, no, you can't do something. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. And, and feeling like that's my job because he's the leader over me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember really basic things and thinking it was really normal, for example, like... Um, Spending money, yeah. Well, even like cutting my hair. I oh. remember like, oh no, I, I only want uh, to be with someone with long hair. Um, or I, for a long time, dyed my hair dark. And um, I, I wouldn't even consider going back to blonde because he didn't like blonde. Mm. Um, things like yep. uh, bodybuilding. I wanted to do a fitness competition. It was something that really helped me feel strong, and um, and that was something that he he was very adamantly opposed to, and um, and so I caved and I said, okay, you know, if he doesn't want me to do it, I won't do it. And uh, you know, these are just small, or at least in my mind, they were very small at the time. And, uh, but they were really, uh, looking back, very pivotal moments Mm -hmm. and, and actually pretty big, um, moments when I betrayed myself, something Mm -hmm. that I really wanted to do that was, um, thrive. It would have helped me thrive. It would have only added to me where my partnership actually was standing in the way of me being the best version of myself. And, um, and that's where, you know, like I said in the beginning, I think that these ways that we make ourselves children and asking permission and giving up our personal authority actually damages ourselves and the relationship ultimately, because I really believe that you can't have a healthy partnership without two healthy people. Right. And so if your partnership is actually hindering you and standing in the way of being your most thriving, alive self, then you're going to be less of a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those were some of the the subtle ways, and I'm sure there were well, so I'm many I'm giving more. up responsibility, too. Like, I'm, I'm putting all that pressure on my partner to make decisions for me, and, and that's a responsibility. Well, I know Joe will say that. <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not fair to them to have to make all the decisions, especially when it comes to my own personal happiness and my own personal thriving and growing. It, it's, 
it's not fair to them. And it also puts me in a victim position, right? Like, oh, I can't do that because he won't let me. Um, I can't, I can't take this class or do this thing because he won't let me. And, um, well, one, it's a cop out. Usually <laughs> it's kind of a cop out and it's also, um, very damaging to my partner and, and unfair to, to my partner to do that. Yeah. No, I think there's a big difference too that we should clarify in boundaries and standards mm -hmm. versus um, giving up your personal authority. Yeah, that's great. So, like, we've talked many, many times about boundary setting and being clear about your standards. And I could see how someone might say, well, you know, how can you say be clear about your standards, but then, you know, don't. Um, don't tell your partner what to do, right? Sometimes those things can oh, seem yeah. really contradictory. And so I want to clarify that what I'm saying here is, yes, you still get to be clear. Let's say in the example of if it truly was something that was a big deal for um, for my, my previous partner to say, I don't want to be with anyone that has blonde hair, <laughs> okay, that is an acceptable standard. It might be silly to a lot of people, but to him, if that's a big deal, he gets to have that standard. Sure. Then I get to have the the personal authority to say either I am going to um, allow that to be my forever norm. I will I will never have my natural hair color, or I will say, huh, that's too bad. You have a different standard than I do. It's not good, bad, or otherwise. Right. Your preference is dark-haired women. Okay, cool. Let's let that let our paths be different yeah. and separate. But what we often do is we take two different values that are not compatible and we try to make them work. And so mm -hmm. we are trying to ram a square peg in a round hole, as they say. Right? So we're actually taking um really benign things, right? For somebody to say, my preference is brunettes, okay, cool. And then for someone to say, well, I'm actually blonde, right? Yeah. This is just the reality. It's not that one person is good or bad. Right. And so I'm not saying that just because one person has a standard that that is, that you must give up your power of choice. Or do, does that make yeah. sense that this yeah. is not... Um, they're not competing principles. It's um, a choice. I mean, that's what they are asking for. And if it doesn't align with what I have, I make a choice whether I stay with that relationship or it's, you know, time for me to move on. We're, we're actually negotiating what's acceptable and not acceptable in our relationship. So you're using that standard as a way to measure. Choice and this is where a lot of people get caught up in manipulation. So um, when I am looking at a potential partner, I get to see what their actual behavior is instead of asking them to change for me. Mm -hmm. And we often will get caught up in trying to get someone to change for us instead of saying, oh, I'm observing the values in this person's life are X, Y, Z because this is how they're living. And instead of saying that's just not a match for me, we try to like get them to be what we want them to, 
And if they really not. loved us, they would. Exactly. And, and that <laughs> That's actually, brought up a lot. Yeah, yeah, but that becomes really dishonoring because then you're you're really asking someone to be out of alignment with themselves in order to be in alignment with you in the relationship. And do you really want a manufactured yeah. um, desire or value? Um, it ends up feeling really icky in the end, even if you get your way. <laughs> right. Even if you get someone to do what you want them to do, um, for example, you know, I, you know, self-disclosed have uh, had many uh, relationships with addicts and alcoholics. Right. And so I have uh, experienced a lot of the time, both myself and being around a lot of um, other people in relationships with addicts and alcoholics is that whole dynamic of, well, if you loved me, you would stop drinking, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you do get your way and they stop drinking and then they resent you <laughs> because they really want to keep drinking. And um, it ends up being a really uh, awful dynamic to live in because both people aren't really happy with that. Yeah. Um, so I think we have to be very careful in like knowing our standards and then when we know our standards and we know what our non-negotiables are and our, our requirements are, we, we then get to observe far more than we try to force, right? Observe if, if people are in alignment with that or not. And if they're not, just release them to mm -hmm. their own. Well, knowing our standards, knowing what we value and believe makes it easier to make a choice, right? And knowing what that higher, like, you know, what that, well, that changes too. <laughs> I was thinking about it as I was doing, but I was thinking knowing what you really value and what you want makes it a lot easier to make a choice. And sometimes you have to make a, a harder choice to stay in alignment. And so knowing what I was thinking was knowing as how strong you really valued something. Um, let's say we've had this conversation before. Let's say loyalty is a very high standard of mine or a value that I really respect. But being in loyalty with someone else would compromise being in loyalty with myself. I would have to see how that how that choice worked or aligned with other values, which is living in integrity is a higher value for me than living in that loyalty. Does that make sense what I'm trying Such to say? Such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it in my head and then I'm going, well, I don't want it to be a hierarchy, but knowing what I value most, if I know what my top two things and always are trying to stay in alignment, it's easier to make a choice is where, where I was really going with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great example. Um, I, I love the idea of like my loyalty to myself comes first. Um, so that means that if I have to choose between, you know, is this relationship going to survive or am I going to have my own back and be there for myself, I'm going to choose being there for myself because ultimately if I don't do that, then the relationship really falls apart anyway. Um, well, I'm being loyal, being loyal only to my partner makes it um, messy and I would be out of alignment and then I'm making a lot of choices that make it miserable for me and for the partner and anyone else involved in that particular yeah. relationship. It's a super hard decision to make sometimes, but in the end you'll be you're all, you'll all be happier that you've made that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I think we had a comment. Let me Oh good. Pull this 
Uh, oh, no. That's no. just hello. That was a previous episode. I don't know why it just came up. No. Okay. I'm looking for comments. So if anybody, if anybody has a question, please feel free to chime in and I will do my best to see all of the different platforms. Um, but yeah, I, I think knowing your values is really important and something that we had talked about prior to this conversation live, um, too, was you were saying that it's important to know what you're about or your uh, desires are. Oh, yeah, are. what you want. Yeah. You have to know what you want in order to communicate what you want, mm -hmm. which we've talked about before in, like, other episodes about standards, mm -hmm. right? So, Well, it also helps for when things are really tough because you're going to get a, in a point or a situation in your relationship where you're struggling, you know, and knowing what you want allows you to make a, a, a better choice, right? And we never know when we make a choice if it's going to, you like the right choice. We, there, there is really no right choice, right? We deal with the choice that we're making, but you make a better decision when you really understand what you want. Because a lot of times um, we'll go through relationships and I'm like, I don't know what I want. What do you want? And and we're so busy trying to accommodate or um, be the, the, the partner that's checks all the checks on your list and wants you to be happy it's just very codependent and it's also a very unhealthy relationship but just really strongly knowing what you want most of the time it's very agreeable to the other person and it, and it's in alignment but anyway just knowing what you want makes it easier through the tough decisions yeah there's um there's just an idea that has really helped me is if you kind of, sort of know what you want, you'll get what you kind of, sort of want. <laughs> Never really get all of what you want. Yeah, and, and you still kind of end up unsatisfied. So really the responsibility is on us to clearly identify and do the ex exploration inside ourselves to know what we really want mm -hmm. so that we can actually communicate that. And um, I will say I've had I've had times where yes the partner is very agreeable and then I've had times where yeah. it's it's a really big thing and um, and the the relationship has dissolved because of it so you know just like I've shared a little bit earlier you know I've had a lot of relationships where you know it was an addict or an alcoholic and spent years you know banging my head on a door trying to get them to um, get sober, get clean, or live the lifestyle I wanted them to live. Mm -hmm. And really all that came down to was a lot of manipulation. Instead mm -hmm. of just observing that was the lifestyle that they chose to live, mm -hmm. that wasn't in alignment with what I wanted. And therefore, I needed to just release them because that was, they have a right that to choose that. That was their path. Yeah, yeah, they have a right to choose that. And how dare I come in and say, you know, I know better for you than you know for you. Um, that's that's just not what we get to do. I get to find people who are already in alignment with the lifestyle that that I want, that I want to live. And so, because I have that clarity, because I know what I want, I know what my desires are, and I know what my standards are, the non-negotiables. Um, I can therefore easily identify. That's a match. That's not a match. Mm -hmm. So, but prior to that, I didn't have that level of clarity. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I just and I've had it. that same experience. I'm glad you brought that particular one up because that 
that sober sobriety thing was exactly what I was up against too. I, I, I grew up with a, an, a parent that had some really difficult issues with alcoholism and I just knew I didn't want that lifestyle for me or my children and that, that particular way of being. And so you do, you have to make some hard choices no matter, I mean, the, sometimes you get a lot of pushback from a lot of people that are in your life, like you're breaking up the family and you're, you know, how could you do this to all of them? And, and honestly, it was living that life in integrity with who I, who I want to be that made that decision a lot easier, but I did know what I wanted. And I also knew what I didn't want, which made that decision so much easier than if I was, like you said, if I was iffy about it, I would be half way in the door and halfway out the door. And that, that doesn't help anyone in this situation. It makes everyone uncertain and everyone um, feel guarded. Yeah. They can't, how can you trust me if I'm halfway in the door and halfway out the door? Well, and, you know, I think it's such a good point, too, that I become really untrustworthy if I'm saying yes when I really mean no, which mm. is what I did a lot. Because I'm lying. Really, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to make something jive with me that really doesn't. And um, it's it's interesting because you really can't fake that. I can't fake, um, oh, yes, I'm totally fine living with an active alcoholic. I can't fake that um, because ultimately, deep down, I really don't want that. And so um, I become very untrustworthy both to myself and to my partner if I just try to force it mm -hmm. and make myself okay with the situation, which is why, you know, we've talked many times about resentment and that resentment is often we're told to just pray it away, write it away, talk it away, you know, distract yourself, do anything other than actually look at the resentment and change something because of the resentment. Yeah. But I really believe that your resentment is such a powerful gift. It's pointing you to releasing something or setting a boundary or changing something that is, you know, it's an indicator light that your, your right is being violated in mm -hmm. some way. And, um, we can't pretend otherwise. We often oh. try to, but we can't actually pretend <laughs> otherwise. So um, our, our partner is going to pick up on that. They're going to feel that we are being not genuine because we're not yeah. being genuine. Right. And um, so that, that fakeness really gets to go away. When we have a desire, we get to be honest about it and we get to... Um, be brave enough to say this is what I want and I'm not seeing that this is a match and that's so hard to do yeah. um, it's so hard to be honest with our desires when that sometimes not always but sometimes will dissolve the relationship sometimes that like you said before it can be easily accepted and it's like oh yeah actually I want that too or that's no big deal for me. I've had that happen too, but mm -hmm. it takes bravery to express your desires because you don't know what the answer is going right. to be. And have the conversation. Because you might approach your partner and say, you know, actually I feel like alcohol is really, you know, it's not something I'm, I'm loving having as a part of our relationship. And, you know, your partner might say, you know, I've actually been thinking the same thing and I, I think we'd be better off living a sober lifestyle. You have no idea what the response is going to be. But when you are loyal to yourself and you're practicing that loyalty, 
you you have that willingness to be loyal to yourself even if that means really radically changing some things and some relationships yeah. around you not easy it's not easy it's not um all right so we kind of went off on a tangent about um standards but is there is there more we want to talk about in choices and personal authority um Permission is a big thing that, that keeps popping into my mind. So, um, you know, I thought for many years of being in relationships, being in a marriage, that that was my duty and obligation to ask permission. Um, that a good partner, mm -hmm. a good wife would um, always ask permission for for the smallest things, really. Um, can I go to this event? Can I buy this thing? Can I, um, can I cut my hair? What do you think of this outfit? And like really my whole life being governed by what the other person thought and liked. Mm -hmm. And even though, to the point of worry, right? Mm -hmm. Worry. That yeah. you might lose the relationship if you had a different choice. Yeah. Right. Or just really fearing being upset at you right. or mad at you. Or... Um, I, I can remember even small things. It, it was something that was a challenge for me as I started getting aware of this pattern. I can remember um, working out and my partner had a really... Um, strong opinion about girls shouldn't work their legs out because yeah. it will make their quads too big and they'll look too manly. And um, I, I liked working out my legs and I didn't want to just do cardio. And so learning to stop asking permission and to actually honor what I wanted to do for my own body and let him do whatever he's going to do with his body. But this is my, this is my vehicle, mm -hmm. right? And um, so just even those small things, stop, stop asking permission. You're not a child. Well, I was thinking of money too. Um, one really beautiful thing is Joe and I have our separate money and we have our own separate like spending money. We have things that we put together, but our own separate money. So if I, I'm a book lover, <laughs> you know, I would spend a lot of money on books, but if I want to spend, you know, X amount all on books, and he wants to buy 5,000 golf tees, it doesn't matter because that money is ours to spend the way that we want. And, and it's such a relief because then it's not me negotiating. Well, like, you know, I, I just know people who are, I know some people that I've worked with who have trouble just asking for a part they need on their dishwasher because mm -hmm. it wasn't in the budget or, or whatever the thing is, is, for me, it's so relieving to be able to say, yeah, this month I'm going to buy 20 books. I mean, or whatever it is, because that's what I really wanted to do with my money without having to ask permission. Like, you know, and what a weight that would be on my partner to go, yeah. oh, could I like, like buy this book? And yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's just so heavy. So heavy. Well, and that... So that is a really big other topic too, but the idea, you know, many, many women especially have come from 
a school of thought where they are dependent. They are literally yeah. financially dependent yeah. on their partner. And so they, they do end up giving up their personal authority because when you are a dependent, you are essentially a child again. Yeah. You are dependent on whatever that person says they want you to do goes because you are physically dependent on them. Yeah. And so this is a big wound that we as women really get to heal and we get to take responsibility for bringing in our own financial resources because that's part of being an independent, fully functioning human being. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's, that's really key and that's a whole big other topic, but I do think it's relevant Very to relevant. this discussion is in order to have choice, you know, you cannot have freedom and dependence at the same time. Um, if you really want freedom and you really want choice, then you are going to have to be independent. So, and I, and I just want to touch on this real quick before we wrap up too, that if love isn't a choice, it isn't love. So when you are not dependent on the other person, when you are fully capable of walking away at any point that you want and you choose to stay in the relationship, that is love and desire. If you can't do anything but stay in the relationship, there's no choice in that. That isn't love. Are you getting the, mm -hmm. the, the difference? So when I'm dependent, I don't have the ability to leave. I have no choice but to stay and love my partner. Right, but if I am fully capable of walking away and I'm not staying out of need, I'm staying out of desire, that is a place of true love for my partner. When both people are showing up when they could walk away if they wanted to, they yeah. could walk away. They are fully um, owning their personal authority and yet they choose to stay. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I hope everybody is getting that, that, um, that visual um, when love is not a choice, it's not love. And then I've had a couple of clients ask about intimacy. So just really quickly on that, both of us being independent and mutually supportive of each other and mutually making decisions does allow for us to be intimacy, to be more intimate because we're being very, um, honest in our relationship about what we want, about what we desire and there's nothing hidden and so you're allowed to go deeper with that other person because you have opened yourself up to be vulnerable and to also express what it is that would really truly make you happy so if you're really seeking intimacy it, it, it starts with being honest and it also starts with um, owning your own personal authority so that you can get the things that you're looking for in life. Yeah, and, and I would also speak to that in that whole idea of being um, dependent and being, you know, childlike, is that does really spill over into intimacy, mm. is if you are not both too fully um, independent and, uh, you know, owning your, your personal authority, if you aren't two people in that place, then again, you're going to be in this position where, well, I really owe it to him. Mm, right and it yeah. becomes more of a transaction like okay he feeds me and puts a roof over my head and I need to give him XYZ in it's payment. part of my duty <laughs> yeah and it's, it's very transactional and so 
um, that becomes really icky. It's not coming from desire. It's not coming from choice. It's coming from obligation. And, and that's such a huge distinction. Yeah. So when we both come to a relationship fully capable of walking away, we come with desire. And, and that means intimacy and, um, and all the aspects of partnership get to be equal and tr true, genuine desire, mm -hmm. not obligation. Which that sentence almost wrapped up our whole April, didn't it? It we did. We talked about transactional love. We talked about, um, yeah, all, we've talked about all of this. So we talked about desire. Oh, in one little sentence, you wrapped it all, all right. I all of April. <laughs> Yeah, this is our last week um, in the month of April. So next next month, let me pull up our next topic since I know that is um, we're opening a new month. So April was all about femininity. Um, next month, oh, I think it's all about it's sexuality. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we are going to be talking about sexuality for the month of May. So next week is the power of choice in sexuality. So we're going to be talking a lot more about um, specifically what we just said, which is transactional love and understanding intimacy um, and how to maintain your power of choice. So you even had a transition sentence, yeah. right? There you go. She's so <laughs> I smart. I didn't even know it. <laughs> Um, anything to add with maintaining your power of choice and personal authority? I can't think of it right now. I don't see any questions. I'm going to check one more time and then I will wrap us up. Um, if you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out. Um, yeah, please feel free to reach out and email us. You can email us questions, challenges, uh, topic ideas, anything your heart desires. You can reach me personally at defytheaverage at gmail.com. You can also reach Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. Yeah, just send it over. We're looking forward to it. We, we love hearing from you, so please reach out. Um, with that, we'll close up. Next week is uh, about power of choice in sexuality. And I hope you all have a fantastic week. We love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys.